Welcome to Anime Archives with your hosts, Ernest and, and John. I was about to say your name, just go right into it. I almost do that every <laughs> single time. It's easier for one person to just say the full two names then instead of like half and half. Had that, had that pause. That awkward Ernest. pause. And John. Yeah, it just <laughs> kills it. All right, uh, welcome back. Um, hopefully you guys, you guys may have noticed uh, last episode we had to kind of edit some things. Music wasn't put in right, so I had a. I'm gonna re-upload it, or I. By the time you listen to this, I have re-uploaded it and added the parts for the opening theme song for From Marty High. So hopefully you check that out and enjoy it. Um, like we said in the beginning of the episode, we're amateurs, so we don't want that long pause of you just hearing birds and stuff and I think there was a plane and... that was going overhead at that exact time yeah that Cromarty High's intro was supposed to play <laughs> it was really awkward and our and our friends our friends uh, cell phone ringing off because he had to get to work and he was like you know what sleep or work I'm sleeping and my boy John's sticking with it because he's like I should tell this guy but we're recording a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but it works out uh, anyways today we're talking about a good series that uh, continues about the delinquency. Instead of the comedy of Kamardi, this is a lot more action-packed seriousness about boys who also go to a pretty crappy delinquent school. And what is the start of the series called, John? Well, this is a series that we checked out, I would say, early 2000s. Yes. Maybe, yeah, I'd say probably, what, 2005 or six, give or take. Yeah. I want Because I said, I feel like we heard a little bit about in middle school and stuff maybe you knew about it before me but i know it was more present in my life in high school because i remember us watching the film mm-hmm. and being like man that'd be cool shit and I, I think i was a freshman too so i was in that whole man i want to go to high school and be a badass and so be what, a fighter and stuff so crows was uh pretty much a school or the school is called suzerain the series itself is called crows and what it is is it's about a delinquent uh, one in particular named Harumichi Boya, who transfers into that high school, and it's again known for a bunch of badasses. They, they're they known as crows because all their uniforms are pretty dark, a little suspicious looking. And so he ends up going into that school, and pretty much he's a free spirit. The typical um, gangs of suzerain want to um, unify the school and be the leader of it, it's being the top of the, the high school. Harumichi, he... Haramichi, he, he's more laid back. He just kind of relaxed. He's really cocky, but he rejects any form of leadership role. He usually gets put in a situation and he'd rather fight alone. He's a definition of a lone wolf that's forced to be a leader. And he tries to, he doesn't resent it, but he tries to go against the grain as much as possible. Yeah. And it creates a lot of friction in that school. So this series came out about in the 90s. It ran from 1990 to 98. It was a manga, and there was about two episodes uh, that actually got adapted into an anime. That popped up in about 1994, and there are uh, two 45-minute episodes that don't really go too far, of course, like into the full like what it's, the manga. Does. It's more to get you interested in reading the manga. Exactly. So, Crows is one of my kind of favorites out of the series for the three that we're going to talk about, just yeah. because again, I really like the main character and how relaxed he was. And it was the thing that kind of started the whole uh, being serious about delinquents and how that was entertaining. Uh, I was a, it may, really made me a fan of shonen, or at least now when I know something that is called a shonen, I'm more open to checking it out and because of stuff like this. And yeah. Ernest, what, what, what is a shonen for our audience? So a shonen, 
by definition, is a genre of Japanese comics and animated films aimed primarily at young male audience. Typically, it's characterized by action-filled plots. So, shonens are usually like Naruto, My Hero Academia, Bleach, um, Hunter Hunter, Hunter Hunter X Hunter, uh, My My Boy Hajime no Ippo. It's a lot of like you can tell. See, it's more centric to uh, male, the male audience for action and stuff, and some serious, some drama, but mainly primarily it's about some some from action being sports fighting or whatever so yeah so the whole series it's itself centers around suzeran the actual high school yes the start is crows and then after pretty much uh they graduate that series is over then it moves into worst yes. and what is a worst kind of about so <clears throat> worse is another it's just a sequel to crows and before we i jump into really crows itself i want to talk a little bit about the the man who the manga artist who created this big series because it is really popular in japan because it talked about delinquency it wasn't really primarily seen as a manga mm. there's not really that many mangas that are about delinquents and if there are there are some now but it was mainly influenced because of crows so uh the name of the the artist and uh, creator of crows and its other central series is hiroshi takahashi um he was born in December 12th, 1965, and he is a Japanese manga artist. Um, he's known for his, his mangas being Crow's Worse and one called QP. Um, and his Crow series was loosely adapted into three action uh, live-action films, being Crow Zero, which came out in 2007. That's the film that we watched for today's episode. And Crow Zero 2 in 2009, and Crow's Explode in 2014. Um, and his other series that I need to look more into, QP, was also adapted into a live-action TV series. But, uh, he has his other works of manga, besides Crows, is, um, Worst Gaiden, um, Hey Riki, and he also did one series that I, I saw the movie for called Drop. And it's another delinquent thing, but it's more humor-based and just about friendship and stuff hmm. about you know how being a delinquent and getting out of school can kind of suck was it an anime or a live action it was a live action yeah. i know uh he helped illustrate it for this one like he did the novel illustration mm-hmm. both uh so he's not the creator but you know he was in the guy who made drop was influenced by the creator of crows hmm. so now i'll jump into worse so worse is like Years a, little, a few years after Crow's uh, plot line, and the synopsis is uh, the main character, Hana Tsukishima, is a country boy that recently moved to the city. He's a good guy, ingenious, and honest, but he's also very strong. His goal is to become the strongest student of a school of thugs led by a clan logic, strength, hierarchy, and fights. So, when it comes to the comparison, uh, while John sees like Crow's, he eliminates, he feels more of attachment to the main character for that series i felt a lot more main attachment to uh worse main character Hana. i just feel like he's more humorous uh his goal is to become the strongest student but as the, you read the manga you can see that he really have a friendship bond and stuff and he creates like a gang of equals like i wouldn't say he's the strongest guy um compared to the main character of, of crows you can make an argument that he probably wouldn't match up to his bloodthirst of fighting uh, but he's definitely the kind of guy who will always have your back. I think Worse is a great series after, you no, know, it's a great series about a, a character who w- wouldn't be like the most, like, 
uh, cool looking dude because like the guy in crows he's blonde haired japanese guy which is you know kind of a nominee uh, and anomaly uh, yes in Hana, he's more of a, like I said, country boy. He's bald. And he just wears Sybil looks. And in the series, in the manga, me and Joel was just talking about, there's a lot of characters that look sort of like him. Just bald-headed dude. Um, but it's a, it's a cool series about just, like, these all these guys, these kids going to high school and going to the same high school and trying to become the strongest in their own way. And I really thought it was re- very interesting and... It has about like 33 volumes, and it was published in 2001, uh, September 6th of 2001, and ended in July 5th, 2013. So, had a pretty good run. Um, I wish I could say which one the creator loves the most, but uh, its popularity is pretty high. Uh, according to my anime list, it's ranked 1,384 in popularity and ranked overall by statistics as 860. And a lot of people favors. I think it's it's tough it's tough when it comes to manga works because there's no a uh, lot of people get more excited about anime about mangas when they actually have an anime to see, which gets them to re- uh, to read the actual manga. Mm-hmm. But it all, as we were talking about this and discussing like uh, the live action crows, I thought about it like sometimes you don't really need the anime because I remember in school when I first was watching Naruto. And it being, and when it was being released a little bit by, like, being subtitled and everything, mm-hmm. it was that slow week, and it, I can get my episodes immediately, because I was watching it on TV live. So, when it got backed up, and I was excited about wanting to get more of it, I would read the manga, and I didn't really see a difference. There's just no anim- animation to it, but you see the panels, the action, you can really get into it and really see everything going through, so... Sometimes that's really the best thing. Like you can make that visual image of everything's going down and have a bigger attachment. I mm-hmm. remember that for doing that for another show called Gantz and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, but being that that being said, let's hop into what we watch: Crow's Zero, the live action film. Yep, Crow's Zero. That's what kind of brought us to um, this podcast for this week. And again, we just had to reminisce over kind of what made us even want to watch the live action in the first place. Yeah. If we didn't care about the manga, either Worst or Crows itself, if it made no impact, I probably, I don't think we ever would have even checked out the live action. For sure. Because most of the time, when you think of a live action, it's hard to think of live actions that actually do it justice or do it well. Usually it kills it or it kind of puts like a negative stink on it. Yeah. And again... There's only a few live actions off the top of my head that I can actually say I can stand by that I thought was actually good through and through. Yeah. There's a lot that we can talk about that are terrible. Like one that should not be named about a popular character series named Son Goku. I won't say Son Goku. Hopefully you get the reference. And uh, how they... And the movie is called Blank Blank Evolution. It's horrible. And it's embarrassment to anyone who's like, that's a good live action. It's kind of like that uh, similar... It's in the same category as that last Airbender live action. Yeah, last... Or Death Wasn't Note, that by a M. Night Shyamalan or that something? That was by like M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know what he was thinking. And I, I remember when he... For, <laughs> just going on tangent. I remember when he was first like... Avatar was like, maybe he'll, he'll do it justice. I remember uh, one of my friends, uh, Deshaun, he was like, man, this movie's going to be cool when it comes out. He's going to do it justice. He's a good director. And I remember like doing behind-the-scenes stuff. He was like... Well, the people from the the Fire Nation, I'm going to make them uh, Indian, you know, (laughs) uh, just to have that cultural representation. It was just a terrible movie. And there's always this funny plot where uh, it was bad CGI where they're talking about the Earth Nation 
being like Asian people, the Earth Nation, and they were doing like this. It took three guys to lift one little pebble rock to fight someone in the movie, and it's, it's just horrible. It's a bad movie, but like John's saying, there's you can know bad live actions to very good live actions that really stand the test of time, and I think Crows measures up to that. Crows was really interesting because it was there was no real CGI compared yeah. to the normal bit. Most of the Japanese movies I've seen, whether it was a horror movie or suspense, there's a good amount of CGI in there. Yeah. Especially because most of them have like that power anime effect. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a couple scenes where it was obviously anime-like yeah. or manga-like in terms of overpowered. Doing I mean, things that are kicking that impossible. bowling ball, and it just made like 10 people fly in the air. A big a. tank. A big water tank. Almost like a water tower. To play bowling. It's a little or weird. Crashing into a car head on and bleeding a little bit from your head and just walking away like it's nothing. Yeah, that would have been a concussion. That, Crow Zero has the craziest opening I've seen in a while in a movie because it just doesn't really make sense that much. Like the guy being chased by a police officer just because he's driving a motorcycle without no license. That police officer, how much damage do you think that police officer did? I would say. Uh, Easily $10,000 Yeah, so he, he did... For those who haven't watched the movie and the audience, he this police officer is chasing this guy in like an unmarked vehicle. It's more like his own vehicle that mm-hmm. he just puts a siren on. I think it's the Skyline. Looks like a Skyline. And this guy is crashing through like food market vendors just to chase after this one guy. And the guy gets away in order for him to not go too far because he's like, well, I can't travel. The, the alley is kind of like fucked up. He goes, hey, you're a chicken. He just says his last name. He says, you're a chicken. Come after me. And for some dumb reason, that guy turned around and was like, yeah, all right, cop. Let's do it. I'm a high school kid. I'm going to play chicken with you while I'm on a moped yeah. or a motorcycle. It's a crappy. It's not even like a cool motorcycle. It's, it's like a it's crappy. A built together kind of thing. Like you could put the scrap together yourself motorcycle and for some reason the cop then because he doesn't want manslaughter (laughs) veers off crashes his car flips his car so that flipping the car alone has to be at least like what seven eight grand yeah not including the food stalls he ran through and everything else and just how he could because we can say this guy's probably a detective from give or take but how he can justify his actions well, in the re- again, the reason why he's even started this stupid chase scene in the first place is because the dude does not have a motorcycle license. Yeah. I just, again, they do it for action's sake. It's cool. I was entertained. But if you actually just stop and look at it, you're just like, huh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Y- y'all need to calm down. Like, it's more like, and then right after that, it goes into this music video thing of, like, credits. Like, if it's an anime, like, this guy playing... <laughs> I gotta make fun of this though. And the, they do this rock, hard rock, like a like punk rock. Punk rock. Yeah, it'd be more like thing. punk. Um, if we have some music, we can try to put it in later. Look for it. But after they do this punk rock thing, the guy, the guy's like, yo, he's just like going crazy in punk rock. And right mm-hmm. after that, it cuts to another of the side characters in the movie, this girl. And like, she's an R&B singer. Like, oh man, now in their club, we're going to let this R&B singer girl hop on and sing and get everyone jamming. And she's doing like a girls group. So she's like, everybody come together and be friends. And, and this guy who was pu- doing the punk rock screaming loud is now in the background playing keyboard. He's like, bing, 
and I was like, and he, and this guy had a leather jacket, blonde hair, spiked up, hair gel, ready to go. Like he's the toughest guy to now playing keyboard in the background, trying to be. be it takes cool. a tough guy to play a keyboard. <laughs> Just for me to be explained by John that hey, a lot of uh, these rock crews these days actually does that. I don't want to say a lot of them, but <laughs> I have seen a out. few of them actually do it. Now, just to kind of bring it back a little bit. Now, well, this is a movie that was made in 2007. Yes. Okay. Now, it's about an hour and a half long. One hour and 29 minutes to be exact. And like we said before, it was a prequel to everything else. Now, um, this live action was directed by Takashi Miike. Okay. Now, one thing about Takashi Miike that I didn't know is he is famous for a few... Um, major uh, live actions. Okay. So uh, he's in charge of the Dead or Alive series, bringing that to live action. Like the, the, Dead or Alive uh, video The American game. one? Yeah. The movie? Well, was Dead or Alive, the video game. Have the video game? That? Oh, okay. Yeah, the ninjas well, I mean, like, fighting each other. They did the live movie. Yeah, so, I thought you were talking about the live. I was like, so oh, he did the live action oh, for oh, that. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I watched a movie called As the Gods Will It. It was based off a very old manga that happened. As the Gods Will It. And I just seen a clip of it randomly on Facebook. Okay. It was over dramatic in terms of the gore, so I checked it out, and it was really interesting, and it crushed me. It crushed me. It like slowly rips kind of pieces of you throughout the whole. Because the, like, the story, or yeah, the story just makes you like sad. It makes you sad, and then you look into it later, and then you get even more sad. What? It's a terrible. Is it? It's not that trailer I saw. With the students, is it? It was where, yeah, well, the students, Those. and they played, like, red light, green light. Oh. And each one who messed up exploded. Okay, and yeah, that yeah. Was I saw that first, I was like... Yeah, first one. It gets even worse. Can you watch it a lot? Uh, yeah, I watched I the that first movie. And, again, the movie itself, entertaining, and when it was good, the ending crushed me personally. It made me sad. And then, of course, I had to look into the manga after that. I had to yeah. say, I need to know more. So then I looked and researched the whole story, and it crushed me even more. And it just ends terrible, and it's terrible. Is that something that you want to... By the way, we're going to start doing a lot of like live-action manga adaptions. Uh, we do it more to give us that space in between. I would... to do too many 24-hour 24 24 hour episodes, but would you recommend this being one that to look into again in the future that you're willing to sit down and watch again? I wouldn't honestly want us to do it, only because... When I researched <laughs> the manga, it burned me really hard. Like, hard. Is it depre- like depressing like, or just I, emotional? I identify with some of these characters. And oh, when you right. have, like, a main character, for instance, and he goes through all this crap, and then at the very end, spoiler alert, at the very end, okay, he's gone through all these death traps, all these death games, rushing around, all these random things that, like, destroyed people around him, Okay. At the very end, they're like, you won the game. You survived it. So he's with his girl and, like, one other person, like, his enemy. Because the final game is an exploding kick the can. That's what it is. It's kick the can. And pretty much if the main character doesn't kick this can, then um, I think three people pretty much die. But if he kicks this can, then at this point, the can will explode. He will die, but those three people will live. So he was going through like this moral just fight, like, like I don't want to die. It? Is it worth it? Finally, like gets through it. Okay, gets through it. Very end. They're like, you survive all this. So he's with his girl, finally able to smile after everything. There's fireworks going off. It's paradise. It's like a sunset. It, it looks beautiful. Then all of a sudden, they're like, she, um, 
she looks at this popsicle stick because uh, like a robot gave them all popsicles and was like, hey, celebrate, you know, there's a fireworks. So they all eat it. So out of uh, four people that survived, two of them died because when they ate the popsicle, it says whether you live or whether you die. So she was eating the popsicle and she looks and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Looks like I don't make it. And then the guy looks at her and he's like, what? And then the machine fires a laser into this girl's head and just blows her up. And that's like, and so pretty much the main guy barely survives. And then the main villain, the main bad guy survives, which is barely because he got the one that... Uh, Says you're alive? That's your alive. Was it random? Like you yeah, it was it? random. It was all oh, random. Okay. The last one, it had to do with luck. And then like that's how it ended with the, with the main character screaming like, there is no God. And God shows up after that. And that's how it ends. It's entertaining. It, again, when you see some of the death games, again, I, I really enjoy them. But I am a fan of at least a series that doesn't kind of end with a kick in the heart. I, I I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I can't watch something that's going to kick me in the dick after yeah. I want, like I finish it. Yeah, I, I'm not I spending an hour and forty five minutes to get, to get kicked in the dick. It's not I, happening. I had a I had a, one of my my good friends when I was in the military, Stephen. Uh, he, if you watch a series or anything where the main at the end the main character dies, he fucking hates it. He's me, like, I wasted my fucking time. I'm, I'm Stephen. I feel <laughs> your pain. I feel you one hundred percent. Oh, I get very mad about that. And just to kind of take it back a little bit, uh, Takashi Miike, the director of Crow Zero, yeah. he also did one more that kind of blew me out the water. It was a Japanese horror movie called Ichi the Killer. Oh, snap. Yeah, so the director that did Crow Zero did that as well, and I thought that was really good. And for those who don't know, Ichi the Killer is a very, very ultra-violent, hyper-gory movie uh, just about this psychopath that doesn't really understand emotions and just kills in terrible terrible ways you'll never really understand it it just it's fascinating hmm. and it's horrifying at the same time because they put a lot of detail in some of this gore and there's even again one scene that sticks out is like the child getting decapitated and that happened oh, Ichi Ichi kills the, him? Ichi the killer kills okay. him I always felt like there was weren't there more killers in that movie besides him there was more things that happened throughout it, but he was like the main Primarily. one. Like yeah. again, he he was the definition of a sociopath. He okay. was completely psycho, and it was it was great, great movie, but one that haunts you. It's kind of like the Clockwork Orange. You watch it once, and there's scenes that stick with you for the rest of your life. Hmm. That's how it felt to me. And so, with that type of director. I had high hopes for Crow Zero. And again, I feel like with the actors, what they did, they did a good job in kind of painting that the link went badass school. Because Cromarty High has, in an anime form, kind of what Crows looks like, like should be. Yeah, like like the school atmosphere, Mm -hmm. shitty school, uh, how the students act, how they... I want to be the toughest guy. Who's the strongest guy in the world? So the main character of uh, Crow Zero is Genji Takaya. So what did you think about him, especially when you compare him with uh, Hana and Harumichi? So I think if I had any, I, the only thing I would give like Crow's Zero a good like a good lucky to is that it doesn't offend any fan base of worse or Crow's. 
because it has its own character. You can put your own blank character to the slate and do your own thing to it. So you don't, like these days, you offend people. Like right now, going on with Superman, Superman being changed, that if Michael B. Jordan becomes Superman, people are like, Superman can't be black, so you'll be offending people. I'm pumped with Michael B. Jordan. It, I, don't, it, I don't really see why see. they would choose him to be honest. I, I think, I wouldn't, I would not say it, it would be the same Superman. He would not yeah. be like, oh, I'm Clark Kent. You'd be a Superman that is in the DC comics from a different universe coming mm. to the main universe. You know, that's the only way to explain it easily. Well, you have anybody, well, this guy, uh, it was Henry Cable. Now it's, uh, what would be a goofy? Uh, Matt, Matthew McConaughey. I'm, I'm Superman. I'm Superman, y'all. Hey, hey. Never mind. I, I, I can't do a good Matthew McConaughey. No, impression. all I remember is um, his thing. Mm, <laughs> that or I was driving a Lexus way before they paid me to drive a Lexus. That was one of his commercials that South Park did. I was yeah. on a Lexus or Volkswagen. It was I think it's Lincoln, isn't it? It was, it was Lincoln, yeah. It was Lincoln cars. Lincoln Continental, and it was hilarious. <laughs> that commercial was ridiculous. Or he do uh, Jim Bean. No, he does a, he does a, oh, Wild wild Turkey whiskey. He does like, people like Wild Turkey, but I get, all right, Matthew McConaughey, where he's from. Anyways, it's a uh, good thing about Crow Zero is that it lets the, it let the creator and the writing team, uh, make their own series so the screenplay was adapted by a Shogo Muto so he was able to like do his own spin to it have the setting be at the school use some of the characters that are from uh, Crows like popular characters that you even told me a little bit about like Rindaman um, uh, Bonto uh, guys who were you know be pretty tough and you said they even did a good job with casting Rindaman you think or the look he in terms he of I feel casting a live action like human being for yeah. an anime is incredibly difficult it sure. really is and they did a good job in terms of both bondo and Rindaman. i mean i'm a huge fan of crows i liked the manga quite a lot i got to what 75 percent completed for the manga four times in my life before i actually like completed it fully oh, okay because i just fell off and so you then, fall off and read it yeah and then i read off. it was interesting so i was like okay. man let me see my boy like yeah. it was interesting no matter what and Rinda Man always stood out. I, I really liked his character. Yeah. And so I... We'll go to spell the territory towards the end. Just I'm, so we can talk more a little... I was happy with what they did with his look. And even with how he acted. Yeah. And then they took out Bondo. And they did a good job with him. Because he was always that psycho that you never knew what he was going to do. Until Haramuchi put him in his place. And scarred him for life. But before it even goes to Crows. That guy... I mean... He was he was doing his thing. He was feared. Yeah, and so the main character uh, Genji uh, Takia, he's a son of a yakuza leader. Some that has his own yakuza, and I, I don't feel like that. And some like some uh, things don't need it. Some like movies or manga don't really have to do this, especially in long action. You only know, get such a short time to really mm-hmm. expand the character's background. Um, but his motivation really to become like number one in school is primarily to impress his father in order to take over the business he's like if i become number one at this school i will be able to inherit the yakuza business so that's what i don't understand yeah how the father said okay if you completely take over this high school you unify even though again remember it's the high school of badasses yeah it's the toughest high school around but even then you take over a high school yeah and that suddenly makes you qualified to be a yakuza, yakuza. leader not just like a grunt a leader, leader. the main honcho the, the main head the, guy what's that the, the chairman the the main 
The guy that's ordering hits on people. Yeah. Killing people. And it's because his dad went to the same school but never got that far. Never got that far. And it's far. weird because it's like a lot of the ca- adult characters in this film besides like police officers. There's one dickhead police officer that just came up to... Was he the same one from the beginning? Cause mm-hmm. he, oh, it was? Okay. So he just he was just a dickhead. He just said some dickhead stuff and was like, all right, I'm going to... Well, let's see. Okay, well, so if you were a detective in this town <laughs> and you see this one high school that's full of a bunch of assholes and you're like... Man, I just I just want to have a good day, but now I gotta go see these punks that are literally beating each other with baseball bats, chains. <laughs> I gotta take care of this. I would. All right, you little shithead. I'm tired of you. I would recruit them to be cops. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> just imagine they can't respect authority. <laughs> that would be abusive cops. You just want them like beating up that people on the street. Respect. He'd be like, "What'd you? Why'd you bump into me?" And the guy would be like, "I didn't bump into you, sir." And he'd be like. <laughs> you you choose the ones who are have some knowledge who aren't just street punks. But anyways, uh, I think Genji's a cool character. Uh, his his uh, motivation isn't like the coolest thing in the world, but I think I like how he finds a mentor that helps him kind of get where he wants. Being, what's his name? I almost feel like Genji was uh, when you watch um, Crow's Zero, the live action. I feel like Genji might be sponsored by the tobacco company. Because in every scene, I can say this, probably, what, once every ten minutes? Someone will look at him and be like, they would say something to him. And he would just look at him, not say anything, take three hits of his cigarette, yeah. throw it randomly, and then be like, fine, let's go. Say, yeah! <laughs> yeah! And so, again, I We're think they might be sponsored. A lot of grunts and noise. Uh, but yeah, his his adult mentor is like a Katagori Ken, and he's like a goofball. But he like motivates. He like gives, um, gives Genji the like notes and rules of how to take over the school and like get respect and make like to really make a team. Because you can't just beat up the toughest guy at school. This like they kind of make it make sense. Like it's not like prison. The whole prison myth where it's like when I mean, you go to prison, find the toughest, biggest guy in there and knock him the. Fudge out. No, the thing about Suzerain is they were attacked from multiple different schools. And in order to do that, to fend them off, they have to be united. And you can sit there and beat me up. But if you sit there and beat me up or beat up my friend, why would I show up to help you? That doesn't mean you own us. That means, okay, yeah, you beat us up, but why would we help you? So that doesn't unify everybody. You gotta find that respect. You gotta find, like, why you gotta have trusted people who wanna defend your back and who wanna who has a cause just like in any great soldier or great military you have people like i i fight this cause because i believe in our mission what mm-hmm. we're i want to be united by it it gives you a meaning just like if you have more just like in any sports thing whoever has the most morale who's actually want want to win is going to win usually even if they're not the greatest players in, in the world the underdog wins because they have that belief that hey we can do this we work together mm-hmm And that's kind of how it slowly builds up. Um, Genji really wants to go against the main strong guy who is the closest to destroying, uh, uniting the school and accomplishing that. And his name is uh, Shurizawa Tamao. He wasn't really explained that much. Like, he had some scenes, but after we know that he's a guy that Genji has to go against, he gets kind of pushed to the back burner. He does, like, goofball stuff that... Makes me not really fear him. Compared to, like, Rinderman, who has very little screen time. 
Like, the only time you see this guy is in the beginning where he's like, this guy's a hella tough guy in the school. You see him walking away, and then at the very end, you see him again. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he is nowhere around that school. And then at the very end, they make him the toughest because things happen, and he hurts the main character. Like, oh, well, things happen, period. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's just like, uh, but you can see that he did the same thing, like, what's Genji's doing, that he already united some of the top classes and was slowly uniting to become the top class of thing with his best friend by his side, Takio. And I guess um, they sort of underlined that Genji had a, a friendship with Takio too, but there's it's never really stated or there was no like background scenes showing that It's looking friendship. like Genji was like their middle school friend. Yeah. Or it was maybe even elementary school because they moved away at that point. So, I mean, they moved away and they met each other again in high school. Yeah. So, and they must have met, like, been friends in elementary. And then that's when Takio ended up meeting the other guy in middle school, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then they all went to Suzuran. And to, to become the, and they both had the dream to unite the school together and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they give uh, Suruza the that plot point of, because Takio has, like, some con- health condition in the movie. And his his uh, it gives uh, Serizawa the motivation to uh, win as his friends in the hospital battling to get the surgery that had like a thirty percent chance of achieving. He's like, if we win this battle, unite the school, we can brag to our friends saying that we did it, even without him. Kind of thing. Like it's almost like a, it, it, imagine. Remember the Titans? If there was two plot lines going on. Like the Titans want to win the cha- the championship, but the other team was like, I'm doing this. Because I want to be the best football team in the state. But the other guy's doing it because his friend's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, yeah, fuck that friend. Or <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right, uh, hmm. I got to start censoring some stuff. I'm gonna... I was waiting when you were going to start doing it. <laughs> so when we first started, uh, he's like, I won't swear I like, at I all. Won't, I, I won't, won't do it. I'm not going to swear. Listen to the pilot episode. I will be clean. Email us how many times he swears in that pilot episode. Okay. Do it. I'm going to say fudge a lot now, guys. Today, I'm making a stance right now. I'm changing. This will be the last episode you will hear me curse. And, and what I'm happens if it's it. not? Then... What are you going to do for our viewers? Our listeners? Any, any, any punishment that you or they come up with, I'll do on air. On air? On air. Well, on recording, because we're not live anyway, but... I'll do whatever that punishment is. All right. Besides things it. that will alter my future as a <laughs> career. You know, I'm a, I'm no, we're to not doing educator. anything like yeah, that. Obviously, it'd probably be air. something that it would be off the Batsu game. Something probably off Silent Library. I think that'd be worth it. Yeah. Nothing that's I was watching life that. in danger. Or, no. I mean, I was watching or, that earlier today, the Silent Library. You did? Oh. And it was, um, they put wasabi in the guy's nose. They pretty much one tube in each nose and just like... Did that? <laughs> Please don't let that be. That's if we get one email where it says Ernest swore he owes us wasabi in his nose, we will make sure to do that. Well, I mean, you did hear it. He did say that he would do a punishment. Please don't do wasabi. That's just that's kind of. I don't think I can be like. Well, I'm gonna continue on talking. That's kind of like if we if I had to do wasabi, we would have to pause. It'll it. be at the very end of the episode. Well, that's the only way we I'm would pause this. it because he would definitely throw up or gag. For sure. That would be horrible. <laughs> but yes, yes, I'm gonna I'm going clean because I okay. want I want everyone. I want this to be E for everyone. Not T for teen. 
Because I feel like that's where we're at right now. Just trying to be free to everyone. And, you know, be better. So would you say Crows itself be would be E for everyone? No. No? no. Why? It's, uh, I think it's for, even though it says Shonen and that's usually for boys, I think it's mainly for uh, teenage boys. And I think it would be a, uh, yeah, it, it just because, especially the movie Crow Zero, it's a lot of things that parents might not be down with. I think if it was rated in the American movie system, it would be like PG-13. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and maybe Red R because there's some explicit, like, po- possibly, like, assault in some of the things about uh, the main. Genji has a girl that he likes, that likes him, that gets kidnapped. And they try to, they're threatened by Genji, so they take the girl. You know, that, that cliche movie. That, so cliche. You know, take it. this girl so the main character mm-hmm. is not, is weakened by it. That was one thing I genuinely didn't like. Because yeah. in the whole Crows, what Crows and Worst is notorious for, and it was that uh, the main artist, um, Hiroshi Takahashi, what he's kind of notorious for in the series is not having women in there. Yeah. Like Crows, uh, Suzerana is an all boys delinquent high school. You will see a female as like a nurse or something that's completely off character. But there's none of that cliche, oh, main guy gets a girl, so oh, bad man, guys are now going to steal that girl, hold her hostage, and somehow the main guy's going to overcome. That's bullshit. I hate that. It's yeah. so cliche, and it just, I, you see it everywhere. And Crows and Worse never had that in there. There was nothing that touched like that. I remember this thing in movies. Uh, I don't think it's in Japan, but I remember in American movies they would do it. Like any storytelling. And this this may be offensive now, but uh, it would I would I it would be this thing about any movie that is about like a guy or any mission. Just mainly about a main character. They had to give him a, a female like counterpart. So they wouldn't... So audience wouldn't think he was homosexual anyway. It would call it the non the non gays like the not uh, yeah non gays like oh he can't be gay because there's a girl like you can never make a, a plot just like hey there's no romance in this this is a straight story yeah I mean that's Hollywood some things they just add things to it for no reason it's in every yeah. movie this is the ultimate cliche or like Jackie Chan movies when he wanted to do romance they wouldn't ever give him romantic partner because they're like our American audience don't want to see an Asian man be romantic and I was like that's dickhead stuff I mean he had it in a couple I remember Rumble in the Bronx he fought for that girl a few times but, but that's Japanese man that was an American man. I'm talking about his American made movies like oh yeah okay. Tuxedo uh, no he never did did yeah, he yeah any American in the Japanese he, he has done romantic his uh, Chinese uh, the Chinese movies he, mm-hmm. he made he has that in the romance he just wanted because he had the popularity in American audience that he wanted to do hey I can do dramas too I'm not just kung fu fighting all the time uh but that that cliches in crow zero but um overall it's a cool story about like friendship like as you as you uh get close to these characters you find some of their motivation and why they're meant to be together i think i enjoyed the most time because this is when uh, our friendship group we kind of had like that we had a brotherhood our friendship mm-hmm. i would say we had that brotherhood and it felt like this would be something that if we were living in this culture or in this atmosphere that i would you probably have like a kind of group like that. Yeah, be like a yeah. gang at that point. I mean, looking out for each other, looking out yeah. for the group, and making sure nobody's like messing with them. I don't think I'd be the toughest guy. I, I think I'd probably be like Takio. I'd be fucking hurt. I'd, I, I'd be hurt. And I'd be like, do it for me, brother. And I'd put my fist and we fist bump and stuff. Oh, so then we have to take care of the mess you created and, yeah, and be, carry your little surgery. punk ass back. I'm getting surgery and you die. <laughs> 
you get the phone call just at the very end. You buy, they buy. Uh, how how is he? They buy. Hey, my boy, he didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> he lost that battle too, my boy. <laughs> That'd be sad. But no, <laughs> people get good endings in this one though. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, so is this something that you would recommend to uh, the average viewer? Someone that's not that maybe hasn't checked out any live actions or maybe yeah. a few. Would you recommend Crows to someone that wants to get into a good live action? I think Crow Zero is uh, a great live action to just jump into without having no uh, like intentions. Like you don't really need to know the history of the manga or anything. It's a good sit down move action movie if you like action movies and fighting. And then, and like you said, it, there's no delinquent movies in American films right now. Like we don't see. When was a you ever seen a film about kids fighting in school in America? Being punks, gangs of New York, maybe well, they weren't in school. No, I mean yeah, they weren't in we, school, but it was like kids yeah, or yeah. We don't have that like atmosphere of like these kids wearing school uniforms, trying to be the strongest and stuff. We don't really have that story. We have like boxing films, maybe and little things like that. Yeah, but MMA, have, but nothing yeah. like that. Nothing it's like these guys are dealing with street fighting kind mm-hmm. of films. I think it's if you like that, it's cool. Um, there's better fighting action films. This is more street brawling, so you will see them. They'll do a lot of telegraph punches where if you are a trained professional, you'll be you'll be like, oh this guy's leaving so well. Yeah, they have a big wind up. Yeah, they like do a big wind up, cool, you know, crazy kicks and stuff. But it's it's entertaining. I, mm. I we had a good time. I there's good humor in it. Uh, music's pretty good. You like you even said you like the soundtrack. Yeah, I, it was probably two or three songs. I think throughout the movie, the hour and twenty nine minutes, there's probably five or six songs. It was easily three that stuck out to me personally that I really liked. Yeah. Now, one of my major questions is, for Crows, uh, the live action, worst, and even the manga, what's the main thing about this that kind of stuck out to you that kind of imprinted itself for you? The main thing that stuck out to me was that there isn't no anime adaptions. Mm-hmm. There is no no big thing like <clears throat> I think this series is so good that it, it would be easy to make it a good popular anime too mm-hmm. and people would actually watch it's it, it's like a hidden gem like I I wonder why it wasn't adapted and especially you have all this raw material that you can use and actually do an anime a, a well time that you have crows so you can do one they did two OVAs but they can actually do the full series it's completed they could do worse but there's no pull for it and maybe it's cause a lot of animes, they don't do it for the American audience. They do it for the, the Japanese audience. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is a good in-between, especially these days where they're redoing, like, Baki the Grappler, that they could do Crow, uh, Worse or Crows and actually make a anime adaption. It'd be good. So I, I always thought that was kind of underrated. I always had the hope that they would do one and do a full series. Um, but, yeah, I, think, I just think Crows is, if you can't watch, or you, the OVAs are online on YouTube, but if you want to read it, I would say read manga. Uh, manga is uh, a great gem, and you can. There's a lot of things that you can really learn from the mangas when you read it. it gets there's no fillers. It's very like short to the story, and you get all those visual effects that some people might like more than anything else. And yeah, like there's a lot of great manga that aren't going to be made into anime that you're missing out on. And sometimes you just got to jump in. There's a lot of manga apps and sites that you can actually go read or purchase your own manga. So that's what stuck out, stood out to me, at least. Anyway. That I felt was odd. What about you? I would say the thing that stuck out to me personally was 
the the symbol of unity. Oh, yeah, especially because nowadays I feel like that's what we're kind of lacking as you know a culture right now is unity. We're so divided, and the one thing that sticks out in Crows, uh, both the live action, the original manga, and worst, is you can't get to the top by yourself. You have to have a team, and you can't just force by fear, force by violence. You have to understand other people's motivations, even their hidden motivations, like Genji, for instance. It wasn't just because he was trying to get that his friend laid that his friend followed him. The reason why his friend followed him is because Genji tried to do multiple different things and stick his neck out. Yeah. And pretty much showed a form of sacrifice so that he could try to give his friend a good time. And his friend respected that and was like, you know what? I'll actually follow you now. If Genji just walked through, beat him up, KO'd him, knocked him out... He would never have had that army. He never would have had those followers. And imagine, that's 30 extra guys that's fighting alongside of you. Yeah. What's a fight without 30 human beings? I mean, that's that's what's so amazing. Or me. guys who are actually fighting, not out of fear, but out of respect for you. And out of wanting to achieve the same goal as you. It's not that, well, I'm only fighting because if I don't, uh, I, I'll get beat up. You know, that, That's pretty cool. So, when I think of just Crows, Haramuchi, Genji, and Hama, they all had three different leadership qualities yeah. that unified. And, again, some of them never accomplished their goals. Some of their goals completely changed. I, I don't know too much about Worst. I do need to finish that aspect of it. But when it does come to my favorite, Boya Haramuchi, he unified a lot of the people, and he didn't even want to be the leader. Yeah. But he took care of the school, he took care of his people, and it, he did show, again, he did care about them. He showed camaraderie. When it comes to Genji, he there was a couple times he went straight berserk just because one of his friends got hurt or you know sent to the hospital. And at that point, that was enough to where he almost sacrificed and destroyed everything. That's how passionate he was about his friends. And it just shows, again... You can't get to the top without some form of power circle, some form of friends that are looking out. And you can't do that if you don't look out for your best, their best interests as well. It's Life is about a give and take situation. It's yeah. cause and effect. And if you only keep taking from somebody, eventually that person is going to leave. And that's the thing is these people all showed what being a real leader is about. And it's making sure that's like, hey... I'm not going to just meet you at the top of the mountain. I want to help you every step of the way because I don't want to just be at the top alone. It's boring. And some of the quotes that kind of stuck out with me, for instance, um, one was by Hana, and that was from Worst. Yes. It was more, uh, it was, uh, it's true that this school houses the worst bastards and that anyone who looks at this school from outside thinks it's a dump. But being the worst is awesome. And it was just one of those optimistic traits where he's like hey the whole world looks down on us the whole world thinks this is crappy thinks this is trash but to us this is pure treasure and it's again it's one of those things that give me goosebumps because it's hard to go into a situation where it's not unified everyone wants to fight each other everyone wants to make a name for themselves and for you to sit there and say you know what i can work with this how many jobs positions things in life can we use that same mentality and it will better us all and that's one of the things I really, really liked it. My boy Harumuchi Aboya, one of my things I really liked <laughs> from him was, uh, I'm neither a delinquent nor a villain. I'm not exactly an ally of justice either. I'm just me. 
And that's the, that showed his whole leadership mentality at that point was he was not a good guy. He wasn't a bad guy. He just fought for himself. He was selfish. Yeah. He enjoyed the actual fight. And if somebody messed with his people, then he would do everything in his power to pretty much take care of them. So he wasn't just like, I walk this 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 line of one thing. He's like, I, I'm pretty much neutral. He's at, he shows that black and white that not everyone does something just for the good of things. He does it for bad. And I, and I did like that in the movie that one thing the movie does do right is show that uh, Genji becomes a different character than he was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, at first, he went there to take over the school and just be top number one do- honcho dog, just have people follow him. But, again, he starts caring about the guys who are on his side, that he does get depressed and want to, like, attack everyone because, like, how dare you hurt my friends? How dare you ambush them when they're alone after we're having a great time? And that he almost, like you said, loses everything because of that, but then gets it back because he's like, yeah, I'm not... There's no point in me being number one if I don't have you guys by my side. The last thing I want to end off that Haramuchi said that I really enjoyed, it was that showed me, again, the type of leadership that I need to do, what I need to think about in terms of priorities of my own life. Because manga, anime, there's always something that one character says, I think, that can really resonate with somebody. I mean, I've been inspired by just simple sentences where I was like, wow, that that was perfectly what I needed to kind of help me personally. It was like, again, just some form of knowledge kind of dropped from a random source. And one of the things kind of that really showed his leadership was instead of worrying about stuff that doesn't matter, make some friends, not the people and the soldiers that deserted you. Just one, one friend that's willing to spill blood with you. And that's all you need. And at that point, again, that showed his style of leadership was just like all he needed was just one person. And I can think of many different times in my life where it was just all I needed was just that one person to say, go, you can do it. That allowed me to get through. And again, whether it was Hana, it's Genji or it's Harumichi, these are the types of characters that I feel I can be proud of because I can feel like in a way there's a they're almost like a soft form of a mentor. Yeah, yeah. Just again, they have that hard knocks mentality, but they also have the real definition of what a leader is, and that is, I will look out for the people that I'm bringing along. Yeah, that's, that's perfect, and I think that really, uh, and I hope those listening will really take their time and check out Crows. Like, read some of the manga, read worse, read Crows Zero. There, there's a manga form of that, or watch live action. Um, I think it it doesn't get the love that it wants. Like it it is um, like for instance right now like worse was being released in North America by a place called Digital Media Publishing, and it had three volumes released uh, as of uh, November two thousand four, but it's in hiatus right now because you know two thousand four is a long long time ago. You know it was past that ten year mark, but it. Uh, the only reason, the only way the publisher will pu- publish more fans show interest, and I think it's just bad because we don't really advertise Japanese mangas here. It's uh, it's getting better now, like comics and things. But if you take your time to really read one and really sink your teeth in it, I know mangas can be expensive and cost a lot of money, but it, getting these volumes and large things, it's really helping the character and really will will make people be like, you know what, people are eating this new this manga up. People are people are actually seeking this and why don't we 
make this into an anime. You know, it's it's the audience, it's the fans who really make things happen and something. And if you can just share a story or read these stories and find those little deep-rooted uh, little nuances that like John said, like, gave him goosebumps that he felt something... Putting words into paper is very, like, that emotion. It's like passing down history. And I would say manga could be translated into, like, a history book. It's teaching you something that gives you some feel that you relate to. That there's characters that I look to and think about in life and be like, man, I want to I wanna be like them. I want to live up to them. And maybe go when I'm feeling like my worst self that I can be better that my story isn't over and I can have just as exciting life as any of my other characters in the story. I just gotta get up and do something. Oh, that's all it takes. Do you want your manga to be you sitting at home on the couch reading and watching other people live their life or do you want to do, do out there and do whatever drives you and gives you that passion? Because it doesn't have to be action manga. It could be office I mean, that's the beautiful thing nowadays is there's a manga about being a bartender. Yeah. I mean, and it's fascinating. It makes me want to be a bartender. You can create anything out there in terms of the genre, and there's going to be a fan base for it. So if you have some form of creativity, I mean, push it out. You will get support. Somebody wants to see what you have. And again, you might be sitting on a gem that's not even out there that can get a big following. Sure. There's a lot of different sites where you'll see live or like a web comics now from just independent that are just they're amazing. They're really good. So if you liked either Wolf's Rain, Cromarty High, Worst, Crows the Live Action, Crows the Manga, please feel free to email us at this is anime archives at gmail.com. And if there's something in particular you want us to actually read research review again please send that to us and we'll be more than happy to check it out yeah right now one of our friends did give us a suggestion for an anime called bungle stray dogs our target right now is more for early 2000s uh or 90s anime mm-hmm. but we will take those into account any ones as close like present like 2010 above and we'll write those down and really we'll check them out and if we once we get comfortable and being able to write, especially if it's like movies or something that we could do little one-off episodes, we would definitely do it. That's why we chose to do a movie this week. See if you guys like this way and we can just, you know, gives us more time to jump into other anime and give us that break so we're not really having to feel like we're missing the deadline or getting tough to that deadline. We don't want to throw out a bunch of quantity and sacrifice of quality. Yeah. And that's the major thing. I mean, I realize if you do a 24 episode, I do a 24 episode, I have no time, honestly, to do much after that. Yeah. And sometimes I even find myself almost dreading it. Because it's yeah. like, now I have to get it out of the way. It's like a chore. And I, I hate that. I'm not sitting down actually enjoying while I'm watching. I'm doing it because it's work. And that, and that's you getting home from work doing something, or you working and then go, actually going to your actual job to work. And just yeah. And our goal with anime archives, like we said at the very beginning, is we just want to create a community of people that can just have somebody to talk to about specific anime. So we never want it to seem like a chore. That's why we want to throw in a movie, either an animated movie, a live action, at least maybe a once a month situation. Yeah. So that we can make sure that when we do release say a 24 episode anime when we actually do start focusing on that again then we give you pure quality that you actually deserve for sure and with that being said i want to throw out some um some friends and stuff and get notice of some people who 
at who helped support Anime Archives. Um, so we are part of a network that my friend created. Uh, he's been doing. I did a podcast with him a few years uh, a few years back called uh, Our Naked Podcast. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But anyways, uh, we're part of a the podcast group called uh, Live in the Closet. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, two of our friends' podcasts, uh, Indian Trail Boys, The Art of Venturing Backpacking. Uh, it's hosted by my good, dear friend, um, Kess, and his friend, Bryce. Um, they, in The Art of Venturing Backpacking, Indian Trail Boys, is basically for those who like camping outdoors. They go into other activities, and they're very broad, and they're very fun uh, entertainers and stuff. And you can find your own season. They go by seasons of how they actually release episodes and you can find whatever you want uh the very first season is about amateur backpacking where it gives you advice and tips and helps you if you want to just jump into hiking and stuff and uh another new podcast that started around the same time as we is uh stay in your uh stay in your lane podcast and that is also uh hosted by uh it's sorry I butcher that name. It's Choose Your Lane podcast. And it's hosted by uh, some friends of ours, and they're also part of the uh, Live from the Closet podcast group. And there is more about relation relationship advice, friendly advice. And their episode links is very like if on the way to work kind of thing to start your day off, and it gives you great sounding device. So if you have time, please check them out. Um, thank you for everything you guys continue to do and listening and. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yep. We'll continue to get better, and you just please keep giving us your patience. We appreciate it. This is John and Ernest signing out with Anime Archives. Bye, guys.